Job chapter 13. Behold, my eyes has seen all this, my ear has heard and understood it. What you know, I know also. I am not inferior to you. Surely I would speak to the Almighty. I desire to reason with God. But you are forgers of lies. You are all physicians of no value. Or that you would be completely, oh, that you would be completely silent. Then you would be wise. Hear now my reasoning. Listen to the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak uprightly for God and talk deceitfully for Him? Will you show partiality to Him? Will you contend for God? Is it good that He should search you out? Or as one deceives a man, will you deceive Him? He will surely reprove you if you secretly show partiality. Shall not His majesty make you afraid and His dread fall on you? Your memorable sayings are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. Be silent. Leave me alone that I may speak. Let come on me what will. What should I take my flesh? What? Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hand? Behold, he will kill me. I have no hope. Nevertheless, I will maintain my ways before him. This also will be my salvation, that a godless man will not come before him. Listen carefully to my speech. Let my declaration be in your ears. See now, I have set my cause in order. I know that I am righteous. Who is he who will contend with me? For then would I hold my peace and give up the spirit. Only don't do two things to me. Then I will not hide myself from your face. Withdraw your hand far from me and don't let your terror make me afraid. Then call and I will answer. Or let me speak and you will answer me. How many are my iniquities and sins? Make me know my disobedience and my sin. Why do you hide your face? and consider me your enemy. Will you harass a driven leaf? Will you pursue a dry, the dry stubble? For you write bitter things against me and make me inherit the iniquities of my youth. You also put my feet in the stocks and mark all my paths. You set a bound on the soles of my feet, though I am decaying like a rotten thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. These are the comments for Job chapter 13. And uh, Job is continuing his reply to his third friend, Zophar. And uh, <laughs> this particular reply goes for three chapters. We're in the middle. We're in chapter two of the three chapters of his reply. And uh, Job was just saying to his friend in the last chapter, chapter 12, that, um, you know, sometimes good people suffer and sometimes bad people get away with things. And so that's where we had, that was basically his point in chapter 12, because so far was, was saying, you know, the good people are rewarded and the bad people are punished. And Job says, no, that's not always true. And we know that, that he was correct. So in Job, in uh, chapter 13, he goes on and he says in verse 4, he says to his friends, you are forgers of lies and you are physicians of no value. <laughs> In other words, you guys are doctors, but you can't help fix this problem. You're, you know, you're a useless lot, you are. 
And uh, you wouldn't go to the doctor if the doctor didn't know what they were doing. And here he's got friends who are physicians with no value. And then he says in verse five, he says, oh, that you would be silent. In other words, I wish you guys had shut up. You're not saying anything helpful at all. And what's interesting is that we're in Job 13, where one third of the way through the book, he says to his friends, I wish that you would be silent. And after this, his friends have a lot more stuff to say. <laughs> so uh, they don't pay him any attention. And uh, when we get down to verse 18, Job says, I have set my cause in order. I know that I am righteous. And he knows he is. He knows he's righteous in the sense that he hasn't blamed God and he knows he's done the right thing. It doesn't mean that he was perfect. We talked about the difference between being blameless and being perfect in an earlier chapter. And in verse 23, he says something to the Lord. He says, how, he, he's now kind of turned his speech into a prayer. He does this at times. He says, how many are my iniquities and my sins? Make me know the disobedience and my sin. So he just said a few verses before that I know I'm righteous, but now in verse 23, he's praying to the Lord and he says, Lord, show me my sins. So this is something he said to his friends earlier. In the first reply to his first friend, he said, show me what I've done wrong. Well, his friends, all of them have had a go. None of them have been able to say anything concrete that he's done wrong. Now in the reply to the third friend, he's now saying the same thing, but to the Lord, he said, Lord, show me my sins. That's an interesting thing to say. And someone else in the Bible said this too. And this was David in Psalm 139. Uh, Psalm 139 we'll get to in about six months. <laughs> but it, um, it was an interesting psalm because it, it says, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I stand and you know when I rise. You know my thoughts before I even think them. You know a word before it's even on my tongue. You know, it's a great, great psalm. It's one of the really best ones. It's, it's a favorite psalm for a lot of people. But the very, very end of the psalm, David prays and he says, search me, O Lord, and know me. Um, and he basically asks the Lord to show him his sins. And um, Dr. Creasy, one of the commentators I listened to, he said that that was a very brave prayer of David. And he said that he himself was not willing to pray that prayer. Uh, you got to admit that our, our hearts must be so blackened with sin. Even Job's would have been. Job was upright and blameless in the sense that he had done nothing wrong, you know, from a, from a public perspective. He was, you know, upright, moral, not greedy. You know, he was, but from a perspective of our, of our hearts, our hearts are often so deceitful. You know, we often think we're better than we are. Our hearts are full of all sorts of vices and evil thoughts. And that's every human being. So Job says to the Lord, show me my sins. Now, Job's probably thinking, you know, I've done something. if I've done something wrong, please point it out to me. That's what Job is thinking. When David prays the prayer, he's actually wanting to seek the Lord to know what's wrong with me so I can, can understand. That's the perspective that, that we would pray the prayer. Dr. Creasy is too scared to pray it. And um, I've prayed it a few times in my life. Um, but at the same time, I don't really want to know what I'm like either. If the Lord was to show you the weight of your sins, you'd probably be aghast. I know I would be. Um, I don't even know what they all are. You know, like if we were to see the blackness of our souls and the lost condition, it, it would be a horrible experience. But at the same time, it'd be a good experience because it would send you running for mercy to the foot of the cross. And um, 
If you've walked with the Lord for any length of time, you've probably had a few experiences where he showed you some of your sins and you have gone to the Lord and sought his mercy. So the prayer of Job here, which is included in his reply to Zophar, is that the Lord would show him his sins. And I suggest it's a prayer that we can pray to. So Lord, we do. We, with caution, take up the prayer of Job. And we say, Lord, show us our sin. Or at least, Lord, show us enough that we can handle it that we can deal with. Lord, if there are things in our lives that are out of order, Lord, I pray you'd bring them to our attention so that we can deal with them, bring them to the foot of the cross and find mercy and find grace for change. I ask you to help us. In Jesus' name, amen.